Welcome to Living Life. Hey, have you ever seen or witnessed a crime uh, in action? Uh, and just turn aside or close your eyes like it wasn't even happening before you. Well, this is one thing that the passage will uh, talk about and how God sees that particular situation. Uh, in the U.S., there was a famous case called the Big Dan's uh, case. And the Big Dan's was a, uh, a club, a pub, and at this club, there was a, uh, a rape, and it was a gang rape that occurred. And at, this, and at the time, there were a bunch of guys who were just cheering and cheering on uh, the parties who were engaging in the act of raping this innocent uh, woman at the time. Now, the law generally is divided into two segments, uh, legal duties or legal responsibilities, moral duties and moral responsibilities. Even though these men were cheering on the action and not taking any action to assist this woman, they could not be prosecuted because they did not engage in the act even though they were cheering, they had no legal responsibility, but they did have a moral duty, a moral responsibility to see what was going on and to try to help if possible. Well, let's take a look at the passage uh, and see how this is going to play out. Because in the Big Dan's case, uh, what the system did, the legislature did in this Big Dan's case, which took place in Massachusetts, is they imposed a legal duty on someone who's witnessing a crime to seek assistance, if possible, uh, if it was safe to do so. So where there no legal duty existed before, now there would be a legal duty in this particular uh, scenario if you're witnessing a crime. But let's take a look and see how God sees the same scenario when it concerns his people who are set apart unto himself. Let's take a look at the passage. Leviticus chapter 20, verses 1 through 8. The Lord said to Moses, Say to the Israelites, Any Israelite or any foreigner residing in Israel who sacrifices any of his children to Molech is to be put to death. The members of the community are to stone him. I myself will sit my face against him and will cut him off from his people. For by sacrificing his children to Moloch, he has defiled my sanctuary and profaned my holy name. If the members of the community close their eyes when that man sacrifices one of his children to Moloch, and if they fail to put him to death, 
I myself will set my face against him and his family and will cut them off from their people together with all who follow him in prostituting themselves to Moloch. I will set my face against anyone who turns to mediums and spiritists to prostitute themselves by following them, and I will cut them off from their people. Consecrate yourselves and be holy, because I am the Lord your God. Keep my decrees and follow them. I am the Lord who makes you holy. Welcome back to Living Life. You know, we have to, God wants us to consecrate ourselves. What does it mean to consecrate yourself? What does it mean to set yourself before the Lord and set yourself apart from the things of the world? This is what God wants for his people, and we are his people. And so when we see what we see in the scriptures that God's talking about is really a reflection of his will for us, a reflection of what he deems to be important for his people in order for us to be mature, in order for us to grow, in order for us to live harmoniously in relationship and in community with each other. Well, what is it in the passage? He makes, he, he talks about two particular things in the passage. This section really is about the punishment for sin. You know, when we sin and we disobey, there's always consequences for our disobedience. There's always consequences for our actions. In this particular passage, we're going to see something about God's heart and His will uh, when we look at this passage. So in the passage, it talks about um, Molech, which Molech was a false Canaanite god uh, that uh, was involved in, in people would worship Molech and they would worship him through child sacrifice. Well, child sacrifice is an abomination to God. It is disdainful to God. In uh, what people were doing with Molech, uh, the Canaanite people, is this was a common practice, but that influence of child sacrifice was making its way into the Israelite community. It was kind of like an infection that would be beginning one part of the body and then make its way into other parts of the body. And God was setting forth what his will was for his people with respect to child sacrifice. Now, most of the punishments in the uh, Old Testament were uh, death punishments. There was a death penalty or capital punishment connected with it. Uh, however, in, with respect to Molech and respect to child sacrifice, there was also a death penalty in a uh, sacrifice, uh, in a uh, capital punishment connected to it because of the heinousness and the awfulness of the practice. But also what it did you know, when God tells us in the scriptures that it caused disrespect to his sanctuary and it, it disrespected uh, him with respect to his holiness too. So when we see that, we can see how God was totally against this because it went against everything who he was about, especially he is a God of life uh, when we see this particular uh, passage played out. Now, it didn't stop there because the people who engaged in child sacrifice, clearly God turned his face against them and he said, I will cut you off from my people, but there was also a death sentence connected with that as well. But how about for the people who didn't actually engage in the practice, but 
closed their eyes to it when they saw this practice taking place, these children, these innocent children being sacrificed. How did God look upon them? Well, interestingly enough, God says, I will hold you responsible as well. God was holding them responsible, even though they didn't actually engage in the practice. He was holding them responsible for willful blindness and closing their eyes when they saw people engaging. Instead of putting those people that were involved to death and stoning to death was the, was the rule, they didn't do it. They just closed their eyes. That happens today quite a bit in the law. We close our eyes to when we see and we're witnessing a crime. We close our eyes. We don't want to get involved. And what happens is somebody suffers for that. But God, even though the law didn't hold them responsible, even though there was no death penalty with respect to the person who closed their eyes to it, God says, I will hold you accountable. So God was holding them accountable, even though they closed their eyes to it, even though they weren't directly involved with it. Wow. What we're seeing here is a real manifestation of God's will, which goes beyond just the person who commits the act. Because sometimes we could just say, oh, I didn't do it. I wasn't involved. It wasn't me. But God is still holding us responsible if, in fact, we could do something about it rather than turning, us, turning away and closing our eyes to what we're seeing before us. See, this is the kind of separation, this is the kind of holiness, this is the kind of consecration that God is calling his people to so that they won't turn aside. They'll see injustice and they'll respond to injustice. God also talks about in his passage again, divination, mediums and spirits, and he renews that this is an offense to him when he sees his people engaging in that, not trusting him and going to these, uh, these mediums. We know in, in the Bible that Saul went to the witch of Endor uh, and asked to raise Samuel uh, so that Samuel can, can speak to him about the, uh, about the kingdom and, and about his particular position at that time. So in, the very, in that very sense, we see that happening with Samuel, and this was something that was disdainful and it was distasteful to God. Here's the final point of all of this, is God has called his people to a place of distinction and a place of distinctiveness, a place of separation and a place of holiness. And with holiness, God is saying, be holy because I am holy. As a matter of fact, Leviticus 19, 1 and 2 starts with God saying to his people, be holy because I am holy. Be set apart in the way you live. Be set apart in the way you think. Be set apart in the way you act because I am holy. And he also connects it and says, keep my decrees. Keep my decrees and be ye consecrated unto me. Are you living the set-apart life? Do you understand that you have been called out of the world, and not just out of the world, but you have been called into the kingdom of God? into the marvelous light from the darkness. You have been snatched from death unto life. 
We are a peculiar people. We are a set apart people unto the Lord. We are holy unto the Lord, sanctified unto him. And if you're not living that set apart, sanctified life unto God, today is the day that you can go before his throne of grace and say, Lord, I want to live that sanctified, set apart life for you. Let's pray. We thank you, Lord. We bless your name. We praise you. We glorify you. We exalt you, Lord. For you, O oh God, have reached down and you have taken us, O oh God, out of the circumstances of our life, which meant certain death. And you have brought life to us, not just life, but eternal life. And you brought that life abundantly, Lord. We thank you, Father, for all you've done and for all you will do. It's in Jesus' precious, wonderful, amazing, loving name that we pray. Amen. For a single soul, reaching a world that's stepping in closer. See you.